0: Shalom, everyone, and welcome to the Noahide segment of Weekend Edition on your favorite radio station and mine, Israel National Radio, and tomorrow, thanks for allowing me to be here. I thought this week I would talk today on a highly controversial subject being discussed in the Noahide movement. This is simply leadership. Should we have Noahide leaders, or should we not have Noahide leaders? By the way, folks, this is a hotly debated topic, so I thought as a Noahide, I would throw in my two cents. My first question, however, is how does anything get done without someone taking the lead and doing something? I don't care if we're talking about Israel's six-day war or a game of jacks. Someone must take the lead. In the Noahide movement, there is one group who doesn't think that there should be leaders in the Noahide movement. They like to use the argument that absolute power corrupts absolutely. And boy, doesn't that sound good. In fact, I happen to agree with this statement. As we all remember, the entire world witnessed the atrocities committed by Adolf Hitler who had absolute power. However this argument does not hold water because we're not talking about power we're talking about leading having power does not make a person a leader a simple example of this would be a king who has a fool for a son and upon his father's death he inherits the power of the king but is completely incapable of leading my friends there is a distinct difference between having power and having the ability to lead. Of course this absolute power corrupts absolutely argument is being used because they know that the uninformed and weak-minded will easily fall prey to this illogical line of thinking. Upon hearing this argument people's emotions take over and they say something like, who do these people think they are? No one's going to rule over me. Or they say something to the effect of, who put them in charge, or who died and left them, boss? This brings me uh, to a proverb, uh, 1433. Uh, Wisdom rests in the heart of him who has understanding, but that which is, the, is in the midst of a fool is made known. In other words, the emotions of ego, arrogance, anger, and the like, really do turn people into fools. Of course, when emotions get involved, rational thought is out the window. Wisdom and knowledge, my friends, are the only logical way to proceed with anything. Another argument that they like to use is against a central governing body which would be over the Noahide movement. Oddly enough, I happen to agree with this as well, because there certainly should not be an all-powerful and ruling body over the Noahide world community. You may recall some time ago the formation of the Noahide Council, the Noahide High Council. This group was basically uh, uh, to act as a conduit or bridge between Noahides in the Nascent Sanhedrin. They were never formed to be an all-powerful ruling body and never emerged as such. With the growth of the Noahide movement, the Sanhedrin simply set up a committee of men to act as a filter for the hundreds of questions and answers coming from the Noahide community on a daily basis. In turn, the Sanhedrin would use this group to disseminate those responses. It was all designed to be more organized and more efficient in assisting both the Nasset Sanhedrin and the Noahide community in gaining answers that they so sorely needed. Well, the naysayers to leadership of any kind were so opposed to the Sanhedrin and this Noahide Council that they actually coordinated and implemented smear campaigns against the individual members of the Noahide Council and some members of the Sanhedrin. They uh, figuratively laid waste to many and many people, ruined reputations, uh, destroyed lives through various means of of Lashon Hara, Uh, evil speech, and, and also slander. Of course, everyone is entitled to their opinion. But to resort to this type of destruction of your fellow man, to sell your version of your truth, is simply not acceptable. And without any reservation, I say it is clearly a violation of Hashem's Torah. The campaign was so successful that the Noahide Council organized by the Sanhedrin is now gone. However, I found it interesting that while the destruction of the original Noahide Council was going on, there was also another Noahide Council set up by one man who appointed himself as president, CEO, and director of his new council to rule over the Noahide movement, and yet he and his council were never attacked in any way they came out of all of this completely unscathed and still exist today well this got me wondering how could this possibly be so my curiosity was so overwhelming I decided I'm gonna do an investigation I'm gonna play Sherlock Holmes it turns out that the same people who initiated the smear campaign that destroyed the original council and the men on it were also on this man's B'nai Noach advisory committee to the board. And worse still, they have been bestowed court facilitator titles. As it turns out, they are the personification of their own absolute power corrupts absolutely argument. Guess what, folks? Two plus two is still four. They are the ones who want to be in power over the Noahide movement. Now, for the other side of the debate, uh, which understands that leadership is needed for anything to happen, as always, I will use the text of the Torah to present this side of the debate. For this purpose, I will use Shemot, Exodus 18, 13 through 27. The setting is Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, and Noahide, giving Moses advice on leadership. Due to time constraints, I will only address the Peshat level of understanding, or the basic level of understanding, and I'll do so uh, verse by verse. Starting in verse 13, it says, And it came to pass on the next day that Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood by Moses from morning to evening." Here we see Moses sitting in judgment of all the matters that individuals had with one another and Moses settling all of these matters. In verse 14 it goes on to say, And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people, he said, What is this thing that you do to the people? Why do you sit by yourself alone, and all the people stand by you from morning until evening? Well, my friends, Jethro, after witnessing Moses acting as judge from morning until evening, he says with quite amazement, why do you sit yourself alone to judge all the people? Jethro was concerned. In verse 15, we see that, and Moses said to his father-in-law, because... The people come to me and inquire of God. Well, this is certainly a reasonable response from Moses who felt it was his obligation. In verse 16, we see that uh, it says, When they have a matter, they come to me, and I judge between one and another, and I make them know the statutes of God and his laws. This is a beautiful verse. Here we see Moses sitting in judgment of all the matters, and while doing so, he is also teaching Torah. The man was amazing. In verse 17, it goes on to say, And Moses' father-in-law said to him, This thing that you do is not good. Well, here we see Jethro demonstrating some of his leadership qualities by approaching Moses to point out that what you are doing is not good. And he goes on to say to Moses, You will certainly wear away both you and this people who, you are, who are with you, for this thing is too heavy a burden for you. You are not able to perform it yourself alone. So, Jethro is obviously greatly concerned here for Moses' well being, as well as for all the people and ultimately the nation of Israel. Now, here's where it gets kind of interesting, and, and I'll say it gets kind of fun. In verse 19, he says, Jethro says, Listen now to my voice. I will give you counsel, and God shall be with you. Represent the people before God that you may bring the causes to God. Well, Jethro seems to have acquired some valuable experience in this area of leadership because you'll notice that he doesn't say, God told me, but rather he says, listen to my voice. Jethro tells Moses that after hearing my counsel, God will let you know if my counsel is sound or not. And in verse 20, we see that and you shall teach them ordinances and laws and shall show them the way where they must walk and the work that they must do Jethro agrees with the way that Moses is judging and teaching Torah at the same time now in verse 21 he goes on and says you shall choose out of the people men of accomplishment God fearing people men of truth Men who hate unjust gain, and you shall appoint them as leaders of thousands, and leaders of hundreds, leaders of fifties, and leaders of tens. Well, what's going on here is that Jethro is now proceeding to counsel Moses about how to set up a leadership structure. He starts with giving some basic qualifications of the type leaders which Moses should select. Well, let's review some of these. In fact, let's review all of these. Men of accomplishment. What does this mean? Men who take the lead and who have successfully accomplished something or many things. This can also mean people who through their own accomplishment may have become wealthy and therefore would not fall prey to bribery. Uh, Moving on to the next one, God-fearing. Men who have a great deal of awe of God. Or even at the lowest level of the word fear, we would uh, look at fear of God's punishment for doing what is wrong in His eyes. Men of Truth. The truth must always be established in order to do what is right in the eyes of God. A true leader understands that truth is always a requirement on his part as well as the people's part. In order for him to be able to do what's right in the eyes of God. Now, the qualification of men who hate unjust gains. These are leaders who despise the acts of people who harm others, and leaders are always willing to fight against such acts of gaining, uh, if for nothing else, to gain justice uh, for for the people. Jethro here is, is counseling Moses with what the leadership structure should be as well. He says leaders of thousands. Well, this could mean leader of, of the nation, could be of a region, or could be of a very large city. Uh, leaders of hundreds. Leaders of a, a, of a city, or possibly in a large city, a section of the city. How about leaders of fifties? Leader of a, of a community within the city? I would think so. How about leaders of tens? Now this would be possibly leaders of a group within the the community. So we see here both qualifications and structure being counseled to Moses. Now in verse 22 he says, and let them judge the people at all seasons and it shall be that every great matter they shall bring to you but every small matter they shall judge themselves. So it shall be easier for yourself, and they shall bear the burden with you. Jethro is speaking here specifically of judging matters between the people, such as in the case of a court system. No one person can handle all matters, but rather the burden must be shared among many. Uh, Verse 23 he says, If you shall do this thing, and God commanded you so, then you shall be able to endure, and all this people shall also go to their place in peace. Well, Jethro is just telling Moses that if God agrees and commands you, Moses, to do this thing, then the benefits that will be enjoyed by you is a, a reduced burden in these matters, and the benefit for the people who are being provided the means back to peace. Now, from those who oppose any kind of leadership in the Noahide movement, they of course are going to say that, well, Jethro was speaking only of the court system. And quite frankly, at the pashat, or basic level of understanding, this would certainly be true. But for those of us who can think beyond the basic understanding, we can easily see that this sound system that Jethro counseled Moses with is set up all over the world by governments, by companies, by organizations and associations. My gosh, even the school PTA is set up like this, right on down to the organization who is setting up that tournament of jacks. Within all of these, we have leaders leading the way. Hashem created creation with structure, so I ask, why should His creation called man function any differently? If you have no leaders to lead, you wind up with chaos. We can all probably admit to knowing someone who seems to enjoy chaos in their lives. In fact, some of them actually thrive on it in order to exist. However, their chaos generally spills over into other people's lives, and we are forever cleaning up after their chaotic messes. And by the way, let's see what God and Moses think of Jethro's idea. In verse 24, Moses says, So Moses listened to the voice of, of his father-in-law, and did all that he said. And Moses chose accomplished men, God-fearing people, men of truth, men who hate unjust gain. And he appointed them as leaders of thousands and leaders of hundreds, leaders of fifties and leaders of tens. And they judged the people at all seasons. The difficult causes were brought to Moses, but every smaller matter they judged themselves. In verse 27, Moses is very happy and he lets his father-in-law depart and Jethro went his way back to his own land. So we see that by Moses completely agreeing with his father-in-law Jethro, we also see that God had to have agreed as well. So Moses uses the qualifications to select the leaders and then implements the structure conveyed to him by Jethro. If it is good enough for Moses and if it is is good enough for God, why is it not good enough for Noahides? Now, to the reality of what is going on with some Noahide organizations. As the founder of Noahide Nations, I of course uh, uh, have the pleasure of speaking with many many Noahides from all over the world. The single biggest issue on their minds is a lack of a Noahide group in their local area in which to fellowship with. In order to start a group, someone must lead by stepping up and creating the local Noahide group to take on the burden of organizing it, getting in touch with other Noahides, setting up dates and times, uh, possibly speaking with local rabbis, usually offering their own home as a gathering place, and a host of many, many other things. My friends, the character of the person willing to do this is what we call a leader. These people are to be commended, not condemned. Any organization that is paving the way for this to happen should also be commended and not condemned. A true leader is defined by his or her actions, not by their mouth or a keyboard and computer. Actions define who we are, not who we say we are. In my opinion, as the Noahide movement grows, the aforementioned structure presented by Jethro to Moses is going to become more and more necessary. Now... I understand I'm a little bit passionate here. However, in order to be fair and balanced on my part and on the part of Israel National Radio, I want to invite anyone who is in opposition to leadership in the Noahide movement to come on air and voice your side of the argument. The only parameters will be that there is no evil speech or slander Towards any individuals or organizations. You will also need to provide your Torah sources to support your position. This will allow us to have a healthy, rational debate and allow the people to decide for themselves what they should believe in. If you are able to meet these two simple conditions, then please, contact me at ray at noahidenations.com and I will be happy to arrange for an interview. Well, tomorrow time flies when we're, we're, we're having fun, but it's always great to be here and I thank you all for listening to this Noahide segment. Have a great day and have a greater week. Shalom.